Bariatric surgery refers to a series of weight loss procedures that an obese individual can have in order to reduce their food intake, therefore causing them to lose weight. Welcome to the GW HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, the latest techniques in weight loss surgery. My guest is Paul Marino. Paul is a physician assistant with over 30 years experience in all aspects of surgical patient care with a concentration in general surgery and bariatric weight loss surgery, and he is affiliated with the George Washington University Hospital. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I know many people are very interested in weight loss surgery. We know that being overweight and, and the obesity rates continue to climb in this country. So I have a lot of listeners that are going to be very interested in this topic. But before we dive d- deep into those la- uh, latest techniques, I thought maybe you being um, something with 30 years experience could give us a little bit of a background first about weight loss surgery. Uh, like where where were we and where are we today when it comes to bariatric surgery? Well, bariatric surgery actually has, has a very long history. Uh, I, I, as you said, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And uh, when I was doing my surgical training, uh, uh, part of it was helping someone do uh, weight loss surgery, which was basically back then just a, an intestinal bypass. Uh, since that time, uh, weight loss surgery has, has really advanced, and there are uh, a number of procedures. Uh, the most common was what was called the ruin Y gastric bypass, where the a small pouch was made out of the stomach, and then a portion of the the uh, small intestine was bypassed. And this was very effective, and it was considered the gold standard of uh, weight loss surgery up until about uh, ten years ago. Um, <clears throat> a little longer than that ago, uh, uh, the uh, adjustable gastric band came on on the scene, uh, and most people are familiar with the term lap band which is a small mm-hmm. band that is placed around the top of the stomach and causes you to have a small pouch at the top of the stomach uh, where food comes in, fills the pouch, it sends a signal to your brain that you're full, and then after liquefaction goes and the uh, food passes, that'll take several hours, and then you're hungry again. Um, <clears throat> that was a much safer operation because there was no rerouting of the GI tract at all, uh, but it also wasn't as effective. Um, the gastric bypass gave about... If you took all comers, uh, it gave about a 65% excess body weight loss, which means if you were 100 pounds overweight, you lost about 65 pounds. Uh, the sleeve guest, uh, the um, lap band itself gave you about a 40 uh, to 45% excess body weight loss. So if you're 100 pounds overweight, you lost 40 to 45 pounds. Since that time, um, the and with the history of, of people just getting larger and larger, uh, there are those people who are in the super morbid obese range, which means like oh, over five or six hundred pounds. And uh, one of the pioneers in treating those patients developed the sleeve gastrectomy as a first stage operation for someone in that weight range who was too sick to undergo major GI surgery, and um, used this as a as a way to lose weight initially to get them so they're healthy enough to undergo a a larger surgery. And it turned out that people were effectively losing weight over time. So it then became an investigational Mm -hmm. procedure. And then about uh, eight or nine years ago, it became a mainstream procedure. And now it is very standardized and used worldwide. And it is now the most um, popular weight loss surgery uh, in the world, actually. 
not just in this wow. country. Yeah, I de- we're definitely going to get into that a little bit. Before we do, though, just you know, in case we have some um, uh, people listening in the audience here uh, and who maybe are interested, maybe they've been thinking about uh, weight loss surgery as something mm-hmm. that they need to start considering. What What are some of the parameters? What are some of the guidelines that you can lay out for us for people who should seek this out? Okay, so in order to qualify for, for bariatric surgery, uh, in most instances, and this is uh, for coverage by insurance or Medicare, um, the guidelines were actually established in 1994 when uh, bypass surgery was done open and not laparoscopic and and had a much higher um, risk factors associated with it than it does now. But those parameters still exist. And that is, you have to have a body mass index of 40 or a body mass index of 35 with a comorbid illness, and that would be something like um, <clears throat> hypertension, high blood pressure, um, sleep apnea, hyperlipidemia, or diabetes. And uh, if you had a BMI of over 40, you didn't need any comorbid illnesses. Uh, right, but okay. those would be the qualifications you would need to have in order to be accepted uh, by uh, most insurance companies to qualify. And that. Uh, usually comes out to around 100 pounds overweight if, if, if you were going to go in general just by, um, you know, weight itself. Mm-hmm. 100 pounds. So that's kind of a good guideline for some, some of the listeners. Yeah. Um, 100 mm-hmm. pounds overweight, you probably need to go ahead and, and, and talk to your doctor. And again, though, I, I also want to set the expectation for people who are listening who might who might be, fall into that category um, you know, it, it isn't just about the surgery, right? Tell us a little bit about what goes on pre-op and post-op to make sure that the outcome is exactly what we want. Okay, preoperatively, the patient has to do a little bit of work. I mean, all of this, it does entail work. Um, the, uh, uh, <clears throat> the operation itself helps make the nearly impossible possible. And by that, I mean it, without... Without surgery, if your body mass index is over 40, you have about a uh, 5% chance of losing 10% of your excess body weight, and then you have a 5% chance of keeping it off for two years. So in order to to, to prepare yourself for bariatric surgery, we do, uh, most patients will have to uh, undergo some sort of monitored weight loss program for uh, at least one visit with a uh, comprehensive visit with a dietitian and physician. Um, and in most and in most cases, at least three monthly consecutive visits, and in some cases, on out to six months, depending on the insurance. But th- those are things you have to go through, and that helps determine uh, that uh, you can follow a program, and uh, you have the discipline in order to to continue after you have your surgery. Also, you'll have to have a psychological evaluation to make sure once again that you can stick with a program and you have the right mindset to go forward, um, you will need a, a, a battery of also medical tests. Uh, we require at least an upper GI where patient uh, drinks some barium and we get pictures of the esophagus and the stomach and the upper GI tract to make sure everything is the way it should be and there are no anomalies. And depending on the findings of that, we may send a patient for uh, an endoscopy where the gastroenterologist actually puts a scope down into the into the esophagus and stomach to make sure things are as they should be. Because mm-hmm. uh, we want an ideal situation before we start. The P, uh, all the patients, 
will be tested for uh, sleep apnea, unless we already know that they have obstructive sleep apnea and they have CPAP or BiPAP to help them breathe at night. So those are pretty much the things you have to go through to make sure. Oh, and one other thing, before surgery, just before surgery, for a couple of, for two weeks before surgery, the patients also have to go on a very low carbohydrate diet to help shrink the liver because we're working all up in the very high up in the abdomen and the liver it comes right across and we need to be able to move the liver out of the way in order to be able to complete this surgery. So we have them on a very low carbohydrate diet for two weeks prior to help shrink the liver. Yeah, that's very interesting. But I, I'm glad you went over all that, Paul, because I think everything you said is very important. At the end of the day, w- the message is it's it's not just the surgery, right? There are, you know, there there is a test to make sure that you are committed to this, that there there is effort that you have to put into this. The surgery can work, but it takes effort from the patient and 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 the patient's loved ones and the family uh, to really make this work. So I'm glad you went over all of that, Paul. Let's bring this now to the more uh, technical part of our conversation. Tell us now specifically about the sleeve gastrectomy. A sleeve gastrectomy is, is actually is a very uh, simple and straightforward procedure. Um, we this this stomach is shaped sort of like um, an L, with the the outer portion being very large. So that's considered the greater curvature of the stomach. What we do in the sleeve gastrectomy is we uh, put a calibration device during surgery, anesthesia will put a calibration device down the person's esophagus into the stomach. So we know exactly the size of the sleeve that we're going to make. And then we actually take a stapler and go from almost the bottom of the stomach all the way up to where the stomach joins the esophagus along that calibration device. And we staple off the stomach and just make it into a smaller, a small tube. And we actually remove the portion of the stomach that that we've stapled off. We actually remove the greater curvature of the stomach and take it out of the abdomen. And that's a very important part of the operation. The Making the sleeve or that small tube um, is good in that that decreases the amount of food you eat at any one time. But removing the greater curvature, part of that is the fundus of the stomach, which is the upper part of the greater curvature. And that is where a hunger hormone is made, a hunger hormone called ghrelin. And um, that's responsible for our hunger throughout the day. It's been described as as the hormone that causes you to put food in your mouth. And um, about 90% of that is made in the fundus of the stomach. And when we remove the fundus of the stomach, then there's only a very small amount left. And and this has been measured on out to about 10 years now. once the level drops, it stays low. So it's not like you go and start making more ghrelin somewhere else. And that's a very important part because it really helps people. If you're not hungry, you're not looking for food. And that really helps people uh, uh, stay focused and keep their weight off. And and so is the sleeve gastrectomy uh, something that most patients who are undergoing bariatric surgery will, will undergo? Is this How common is this procedure? This is the most common bariatric procedure um, uh, currently used worldwide uh, because it has a very, very high safety profile and it has a very good weight loss profile. As I mentioned earlier, the gastric bypass used to be considered the gold standard, and that uh, uh, will give you about a 65% excess body weight loss if you take all comers. The sleeve gastrectomy will give you the exact same um, excess body weight loss figures, and it also will 
as will the bypass, by the way, help um, mm-hmm. mitigate early uh, type 2 diabetes because there are hormonal effects from both of these, operation, these operations. So they, they help not just with weight loss, but they help mitigate um, type 2 diabetes, hypertension. Uh, people who have hypertension, they, they, uh, <clears throat> with even modest weight loss, uh, we have remarkable uh, decreases and, and people coming off all types of medications. Nice. Very, very impressive. This has been a great conversation, Paul. A lot of really good information. You know, let's end with this. You know, what, what would you like people to know about bariatric surgery? It's very important for people to know that bariatric surgery is not um, an easy way out. It's not a coward's way out. It's not, the, it's not used for people who don't have willpower. It is, you know, proven statistically that it is almost impossible to lose weight once your once your BMI is over forty, or even over thirty five. And so, this is a next necessary tool. It helps people. It helps people achieve the nearly impossible. It helps them achieve weight loss, and more importantly, it helps them maintain weight loss throughout their the rest of their life, so that they can have. Um, uh, relief from type 2 diabetes. They can have relief from hypertension or at least diminish the progression of those diseases. So it is a very important tool uh, for those people who are overweight and have struggled for years with trying to lose weight and could not, and cannot, cannot maintain it. Most patients, you know, when they come to us, they have lost the same 20, 40, or 50 pounds over and over and over. With With weight loss surgery, you only have to do it one more time and then you're have a much more likelihood of keeping it off. That's great, Paul. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW HealthCast. Please visit gwdocs.com to get connected with Paul or another provider or call 1-888-4GW-DOCS to schedule an in-person or virtual appointment. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening. Roll R031 intro. Bariatric surgery refers to a series of weight loss procedures that an obese individual can have in order to reduce their food intake, therefore causing them to lose weight. Welcome to the GW HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, the latest techniques in weight loss surgery. My guest is Paul Marino. Paul is a physician assistant with over 30 years experience in all aspects of surgical patient care with a concentration in general surgery and bariatric weight loss surgery, and he is affiliated with the George Washington University Hospital. Paul, welcome to the show. Our 031 outro. That's great. Paul, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW HealthCast. Please visit gwdocs.com to get connected with... He's not a doctor. Okay, back up. Two, three. Or three, two, one. That's great, Paul. I'm going to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW Health... Three, two, one. That's great, Paul. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW HealthCast. Please visit gwdocs.com to get connected with Paul. Three, two, one. 
That's great, Paul. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to the GW HealthCast. Please visit gwdocs.com to get connected with Paul or another provider or call 1-888-4GW-DOCS to schedule an in-person or virtual appointment. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening. All right, we got it. All right, we got it. Okay.